The sanctity of human life took center stage in South Carolina this week, a House Judiciary Committee meeting, a Senate Medical Affairs Committee meeting, and the South Carolina State Supreme Court issues down a ruling on the heartbeat law. All of that and more on today's edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. I'm Justin Hall alongside Mitch Prosser. Dave Wilson is gallivanting at a conference somewhere, enjoying his time. <laughs> gallivanting. Gallivanting. That's, a, That's my word of the day, folks. Gallivanting. There you go. There you go. Uh, the sanctity of human life was gallivanting around Columbia, South Carolina, along with folks who are pro-abortion. Uh, this week, the House Judiciary Committee took up House Bill 5399, the Human Life Protection Act, this week in the House Judiciary Committee, it was heard in a subcommittee that morning on Tuesday morning and then goes through, actually Wednesday morning, and then goes to the full Judiciary Committee uh, later on in the day, Mitch, in the subcommittee. It passes out of subcommittee by a vote of three to one. Yep. Pretty much expected there. Representative Spencer Wetmore, the only dissenting vote right. there. And she, the meeting was 53 minutes. She spoke for about 47 of those 53 minutes. Wow. So, uh, in, in her opposition to the bill, which is completely fine, that's what the legislative process is here to do. Sure. Then the bill goes to the full Judiciary Committee. And, and Mitch, I want, if you could, just to uh, update and I'll say elucidate our audience really quickly. The consternation going into that meeting was the fact, would there be amendments put on the bill right. in committee or would right. it pass out clean? And, and really, that was the major question. Well, in. if you'll remember, and for those of you watching, you'll remember we sent out an email earlier in the week. I believe we sent that email out on Monday mm -hmm. telling you to contact your representatives, contact the members of that Judiciary Committee, because we got intel that there may they uh, a group may try to add the uh, the exceptions clause. Now, just being really straightforward and honest, the exceptions clause, for those of you that don't know what that is, that's the rape and incest clause. It's primarily because people don't like to say rape and incest for obvious reasons. Right. We often call that the exceptions clause. There was a fear that that was going to be added in in the full committee hearing on Wednesday. Which again, if you add if you add those now, Right. You could even further amend the bill once it, it gets precisely. to the house. It opens the door. It's Pandora's, the bill it's Pandora's box. And and so the push was to move the bill, what we would say, move the bill clean or yep. cleanly. I guess I should sure. use adverbial phrase instead of uh, adjective adjective phrases, uh, you know, school is hard and stuff. There it is. Uh, words are hard. Yeah. Uh, to move the bill cleanly out of that Judiciary Committee. Right. And to be honest with you, I, I think the, the position of Palmetto Family from the get has been that we really clean don't want to see, uh, we don't want to see the exceptions at all. We want a clean bill. I think 5399, the Human Life, is it the Human Life Protection Act? Human Life Protection Act. Uh, we've been calling it 5399 because there was no language in the bill for so long. Right. Now you can go on the SCStateHouse.gov or to palmettofamily.org.org.org. Oh, we could com. be .gov. .gov. You never know. We are the uh, fourth arm of government here That's in South true. Carolina. Keep that in mind. That's not true at all. Uh, we are not. We are not. No, no, we're not government at all. Although I have been called establishment. That's um, true. I've Shame also been me. called a Christo-fascist, but that is neither here nor there. Yeah. Or a Christo-fascist. Yeah, Christo-fascist. Yeah, so sorry. I think moving forward, we still want to see a clean bill yep. move out of the House and into the Senate. 
Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. We'll find out more actually in just a couple of weeks. August 30th. August the week the 30th. of August 30th, it's y'all, gonna is huge. It's I mean, going to be wild. High school football starts today, but understand that in the week of August 30th, you, you start college football and the House is going to be playing football inside the chamber yeah. with this bill. And, and, and let I, me say, I don't know where the harder hits are going to happen. Block and tackle is going to be a real thing. Yep. I think you're going to see um, – uh, to use the words of number 40, I think it was number 43, strategery. Strategery. Uh, there's going to be a lot of thing. strategy going on sure. in that chamber, outside that chamber. We've already had several conversations with key members of, of the um, the caucus moving forward. I think, I think we're going to see a huge battle on the House floor. And then what happens with that, what they vote on. A lot of people think they're actually going to vote on the 30th. I don't foresee that happening. I think they'll probably vote on the 1st, September the 1st. So the normal legislative session, uh, when we're in session, those 54 days between January and May, they meet three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I think we'll see a mirror week. Uh, similar similar to the way they are when they're in session. I think that's what we're going to see August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. And I think we get a vote probably um, because the way the pro- the process still has to play out here, um, I think we get a vote probably after all debate has been uh, heard. Thursday, September thurs- 1st. Thursday, September 1st, probably in the afternoon of September which, 1st. Which would be impressive in terms of timeline. Now yeah. let's go back to the House Judiciary Committee really quickly in their meeting. I never, I don't think it's ever a good idea to argue from the position of emotion. I feel like the best policies and the and the best results from any discussion come when emotion is not at the forefront. When emotion is a bit removed and you're able to think logically and consequentially through legislation. But when it comes to this legislation, as we've seen on plenty of occasions, the the emotional arguments drum up very quickly. It's the weaponization of emotion. And what I want to urge you who are watching and you who are listening uh, to this today or whenever you're listening to it, do not be overcome by the emotion. For example, Representative Justin Bamberg took up a lot of time in the House Judiciary Committee on, when they met, which is fine. Every right to do that. He eventually got cut off by Chairman Murphy. But uh, this is what Representative Bamberg had to say about this legislation and why he feels he has to oppose it. Ten-year-old girl. Quote. She would have had the baby, talking about under, under the legislation that they drafted, like the legislation that we're about to vote right now. We're about to pass this right now. No conscience, no second thoughts, no nothing. Quote, she would have had the baby. As many women who have had babies as a result of rape, we would hope that she would understand the reason and ultimately the benefit of having the child. The girl is 10 years old. She's 10. Are those the, is that what we're going to listen to when we make laws for people in this state? That's not okay with me. I'm sorry. It's not. She's 10. We've had legislation up here requiring people to be of a certain age before they get married. Before they get, before you can voluntarily get married, you got to be of a certain age. 
and there was legislation and efforts made to, to raise that age. You got to be above 18 to do this. You got to be above 21 to drink. But at 10 years old, the state can make you have a baby when you're, and a lot, a lot of times your virginity is stripped from you. Just stripped away. Your innocence stripped away. And the state is going to say you're going to have to have a baby. I cannot believe that we are even sitting here actually legitimately considering considering this stuff. It's, it's disgusting to a lot of people. And I understand everyone's personal belief. And I'm not talking about the right to life piece. I get that. I understand that there are people in this state, there are people across America who believe what they believe in that regard. And there are people like me who believe what what we believe in that regard. But we're talking about children. See, I heard this argument a lot um, when I worked for a certain, worked at a certain school district. I heard this a lot during the school board meetings that anything I want to have done needs to be done because it's about the children. Yeah. Um, Representative Bamberg, that, that he's a bit off base here. Number one, I don't really know how you can, at the end of that, if you didn't catch that, I'm not talking about the right to life piece. Yeah. They know what they believe, and I have what I believe about that. Now, you just juxtaposed yourself, by the way. You put yourself in complete opposition to they um, who say that life matters, and you believe something different, apparently. The representative also talked about his biblical belief. I won't get into that today because, oh, holy cow. Uh, that was an interesting thing. What I will say, I, again, let's remove emotion. Go to the Office of Population Affairs. In 2020, the teen birth rate was 15.4 births for every 1,000 females ages 15 to 19. That's down 8% from 2019. We don't have the 2021 numbers yet. And down 75% from the highest peak in 1991. In 2029 in 10 of the teen births occurred outside of marriage. So typically you're going to have the 18 or 19-year-old who's married or maybe even the 17-year-old who's married at that point. The teen birth rate from the Office of Population Affairs has declined to a new low each year since 2009. Now again, we all know what story the representative is referencing. It's the story from Ohio, young 10-year-old girl was raped, she conceived a child, and the story goes she had to travel out of the state to get an abortion. She could have gotten one in Ohio, first of all. Mm -hmm. Based on the Ohio legislation, she could have gotten one in Ohio. But it's the weaponization of emotion. When you hear representatives, you hear senators talk passionately about children or talk passionately about young people, immediately... There is a part of you that wells up with, I agree with you. We need to protect the children. Understand that's what this legislation does. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with, uh, I, I'll say this carefully. I agree with Representative Bamberg that we must protect the children. Correct. I don't know how the two are, I don't know how you separate the life piece 
out of this equation. In fact, I believe that the young lady, and I think he's specifically speaking about a young lady who is the victim of rape or incest. Correct. That exceptions calls once again. I think he's speaking to her because he talks about her innocence being stripped and that sort of thing. And and I, I, I understand it. in treading lightly here because this is very sensitive. It's very emotionally charged, as it should be, because we're talking about deep-rooted injustice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I believe... On that note, I believe justice should be served. Both Representative Wetmore and Representative Bamberg, if I recall his testimony, spoke to the harm that could be done by a girl, young lady having to recount her rape story or her incest story because the current statute, which we'll get to in just a moment, mm-hmm. through the heartbeat bill, now the heartbeat law, said that a victim of rape and incest has to file a police report. Now... Let me just go ahead and be clear. I believe that justice should be served. And the purpose of that that rape exa- the examination and the police report is to find out who perpetrated the crime, the heinous crime of stripping, as just, uh, Representative Bamberg says, of stripping her, her humanity, her innocence. How dare a, a man no, yeah, no, no do that? No question. Rapist, rape, any any person charged with rape and found guilty of rape should be castrated and killed. So, okay. So his opinion, uh, I, and, and opinion. I, I don't think it's far off from that. You know, it's it's ridiculous, and I believe in in, in, in redemption. But I, I tell you, it, it just blows my mind how someone could take advantage of a young lady in that way. Moving to what he's saying how do how does the rape necessitate or or even the stripping of innocence necessitate the shedding of innocent blood with this child and this baby that's in the womb and that's where the ju- and and that's where the the life the, the piece life piece as he in. calls it the const the, really the consternation here sure. that we have um is the view of what's growing inside that at that point that young girl i can't believe i'm having to say this or that young woman right. is the fact that that is, in fact, another human life. Now, again, there are multiple levels to this, and we saw this on Thursday in the Senate Medical Affairs Committee. Now, the Senate, the Medical Affairs Committee heard testimony. I will go ahead and tell you, you're not going to see legislation coming out of the Senate on this. No. That's going to go to the floor for a vote. 5399 is the vehicle. Is the vehicle for this. Period. So the Senate is basically trying to get ahead of the ball game here. If the Senate can hear testimony now that speeds up the process if and when H5399 the Human Mm -hmm. Life Protection Act gets through the House and then heads to the Senate the Senate is now ahead of the ball game and can get this done because they are on a clock right the signing die resolution runs out around mid-November November 13th or 14th that's when it ends we're done this legislative session is officially over and by the way in January you're sitting new members so there's a window of time there's a window Correct. of time where actually the the so the signing die ends at the beginning of November mm-hmm. uh, around the time of the election on November the 8th and then the new members are are not sworn in but they're seated um on November the 13th. That's where it is. And That's so great. you have a window of about five days there from Tuesday until Monday, uh, Sunday, whatever that is, uh, so that they can they can do things. So 
this is part of the sine die resolution. Yes. Uh, specifically. Specifically, they can, as far as I understand, they can act outside of sine die, but would call the basically the governor would have to call them back, which is another subject for a different day about other pieces. Does it get of, close uh, enough to election day to where the need arises? That right. That becomes a right. whole different issue. So there's there's two components here, and I, I, I dare not politicize this, but there is the political component to this. And some, in fear and trepidation, are hedging on the idea of whether or not we should even do this. Uh, they're, they're using a lot of different reasons. And, and I my philosophy has been we've got to strike while the iron's hot. Not running toward, you know, throwing caution to the wind or yeah, not running toward chaos not nothing like that but we have to make sure that we do what we can while we can right. because the the house is moving the senate is hearing they took eight eight hours nine nine hours they took three hours of professional testimony professional testimony that was a nice little bunny rabbit air quote thing was for that both of us. was that professional testimony arranged by senator putto uh, partly. So partly, and Senator Cash. Cash. Okay. So they they went back and forth so in forty five minutes. Some of it was expert. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> uh, here's the thing. Before we get too far ahead of this, because I want to get before we wrap up, I want right. to go to the state supreme court. I just want to mention yes. if you missed our email again, if you aren't signed up for our emails, you need to be. Go to palmettofamily.org. Go to the bottom. Of go the page. to the bottom of the page. You can sign up for our mailing list, and you will get updates uh, frequently. Download the Palmetto Family Council app. We, we send out push notifications as frequently as we need to to let you know what's going on, uh, and that will come into play in the last story that we talk about. But the House Judiciary Committee, the bill, House 5399, the Human Life Protection Act, did pass out of committee clean. No amendments. Here's here's how the voting went. Yes. This Those is, voting in favor of a favorable report. That, yeah. I, when, I, when we say it passed judiciary, they, they gave it a favorable report to get it to the floor. Representative Chris Murphy... Chairman. Chairman. Representative Bruce Bryan. Everyone is going to have a rep on it from here on out, so I'm just going to say their names. Jason Elliott, Jeffrey Johnson, John McCravey, chaired the ad hoc committee, Mm -hmm. Travis Moore, Weston Newton, Celeste Davis, Russell Fry, Max Hyde, Jay Jordan, and Brandon Newton. Those were the eyes, the nays. There's a commonality here. Justin Bamberg, Pat Hennigan, Ivory Thigpen, Will Wheeler, John King, Seth Rose, and Spencer Wetmore. You can figure out the commonality on your own. I'll let you go to the website, sctatehouse.gov, figure it out. Not voting. This is important, and we'll talk a little bit about this in just a second. Listen to these five names. Neil Collins, Beth Bernstein, Caesar McKnight, West Cox, and Micah Kasky. Now, Beth Bernstein was not there. Beth Bernstein was in New Orleans. Her child, oldest child, was moving into college at Tulane. Congratulations. Go Green Wave. Uh, <laughs> you're going to hear a lot more references like that. Former member of the SEC. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, an SEC champion, something yeah. that some teams can't do. Um, so her, her child was moving into college. Yeah. So that's understandable. understandable. She was not there. So she submitted testimony that was read by uh, Representative Wetmore, but she could not vote. This isn't the United States House, uh, she couldn't vote. No proxy vote. No proxy voting here. So she couldn't vote. That leaves Neil Collins, Caesar McKnight, West Cox, and Micah Kasky. To my knowledge, 
the four of them were all present. And, and if, but I could be wrong. If we're wrong on that, please feel free to let I could us be know. Wrong. I'm not sure if Caesar was there, but I know you, Neil Collins was, and I know Micah Kasky email was. Email at palmettofamily.org. You can let us know if one of those four yep. others, Neil Collins, Beth, uh, I'm sorry, Caesar McKnight, Wes Cox, or Micah Kasky, if they weren't there, we'll, we'll publicly I'll say. I'll own it. That, yeah. I'll own it. I'll give there. a mea culpa. Um, the, the big thing about the not voting. But there was one in particular, and I won't say their name, who specifically made a stand at the end and said, I am not voting to give this a favorable report. He didn't said I'm he didn't say I'm gonna vote no on it. I am not voting to give this a favorable report. And made it audibly clear when they took the voice vote. He's a de- he's a he, he he's the desk mate of, of uh not, Representative Bamberg. Not voting. And and he has his reasons and he can stand on those and That's and, good. You know vote your conscience. I, by all means, even if I disagree with your conscience, vote your conscience. I'll say this. If you're listening to us right now on the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, ding, ding. and there are good other other good podcasts out there, but thanks for listening Maybe to Brian us. Maybe Brian Stelter could find one now that he's out at CNN. Maybe. Was he part of CNN Plus? No, no, no. He's been let go oh, from CNN. Oh, ouch. Okay. Anyways, um, how's that working out for you? If you want to, you can watch one final episode of Reliable Sources this Sunday morning. Uh-huh. I won't be. The Sunday shows. Uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and reach out again. If you haven't already reached out, reach out to your representative, your house member, and let them know you do not want exceptions. And that we need to move this bill cleanly. $53.99. It's a good bill. We need to move it as is through the House to get it to the Senate. And then we'll let you know about how you can contact your then senator. The, then the Senate are going to play a little play a little ball with so it, the high intellectual They need Senate. to, listen, they need to know. We tell the representatives inside the State House all the time, we are going to make sure that we... we we let the people of South Carolina know the good things that you do. We want to encourage you to continue to do them. And we're going to encourage you to do the right thing. And so that's what we're doing right now. Correct. We are, you know, and, and I understand this is C4 activity and that sort of thing. We want to make sure that you reach out to your state representative, whoever they are. If you don't know who they are, go to scstatehouse.gov. Or go to the Palmetto Family Council app. And go to Inside the State House. If you haven't downloaded it, it's an awesome app. Yep. I got a new phone this past week. You and joined. Yeah. I, yeah. You joined. Oh, help. Uh, and I had to download the app. And it's so easy. It's so quick, whether you're on an iPhone or an Android. If you want to download it on Amazon or uh, your iPad, your I, you can download it anywhere, and it's that fast. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. Now, before before we go too much further, I want yeah. to get into the state Supreme Court. Yes, because as to... the Medical Affairs Committee is hearing testimony, yeah, like, the, this is real time stuff. At the same time, it's impressive. Uh, the state Supreme Court. This a tweet from Mary Green at WIS. SC Supreme Court has just temporarily blocked South Carolina's six-week abortion ban from being enforced as abortion providers' lawsuit in state court against the fetal heartbeat law continues. The law had been in effect since late June. If you remember, the heartbeat bill was passed, signed into law by Governor McMaster the day it was passed, pretty much. Um, It was then enjoined in the court immediately because of the precedent set by Roe. So, then Roe gets overturned. Don't know if you heard about the Dobbs case. Um, Roe gets overturned, and there is now an avenue for this bill to become law, and it does. Now, the Planned Parenthood South Mid-Atlantic—hold on, let me get it right—South Atlantic 
they operate the clinics here in Columbia, right uh, down the street. Yeah, just... And the one yeah. in Charleston. Now, Greenville Women's Clinic is not a Planned Parenthood. Correct. But they are joining in the suit. Okay. They are suing on the constitutionality of the law, saying that it violates the right to privacy granted in the state constitution. We've talked about this before on the show. The right to privacy in the state constitution has much more to do with illegal search and seizure when it comes to arrest warrants. Not so much this. Not the point for today. Here's the following. Here are the responses from the different parties involved. Attorney General Alan Wilson says, quote, while we are disappointed, it's important to point out this is a temporary injunction. The court did not rule on the constitutionality of the fetal heartbeat law, and we will continue to defend the law. Henry McMaster, through, spokes, for, through his spokesman, said, quote, we always knew that we would need to fight to defend the fetal heartbeat act. We successfully did so in the federal court system, and we're confident that we will prevail in state court. Meanwhile, Planned Parenthood took a victory lap. Jenny Black, president and CEO of Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, in this really off-putting pink thing, we applaud the court's oh, decision wow. to protect the people of South Carolina from this cruel law that interferes with a person's private medical decision. For more than six weeks, patients have been forced to travel hundreds of miles for an abortion or suffer the life-altering consequences of forced pregnancy. Today, the court has granted our patients a welcome reprieve, but the fight to restore bodily autonomy... The people of South Carolina is far from over. No matter what happens, we will never stop fighting for our patients' rights to make their own decisions about their bodies and their futures. Now, um, can I just say something on that real quick before yes. you get to the vice governor? I'm looking for his quote right now. Uh, and and I, I, this is going to sound cold, and and I want to be clear. I, I have care and respect and love in my heart, but no one outside of rape and incest, no one is forcing a woman to get pregnant. In fact. I'll go ahead and say this, and I know someone's going to pull this quote and lamb blast me for saying this. I'm pro-choice. I believe every man and every woman has the choice to keep a sexual relationship inside of the bounds of a biblical marriage between a man and a woman. That sounds Christo-fascist. Uh, well, I get it. Okay, narrow-minded. You know, I, there's a lot I can say there. Uh, not much of a mind up here to be narrow. So, yeah, there you go. I, I Listen, no one is, I mean, Planned Parenthood forced pregnancy. No one's forcing you to get pregnant. No one's, we have, and, and you know, I'm not going to say willy-nilly or anything like Careful that. Careful with willy-nilly. Uh, we have sacrificed babies on the altar of convenience because I am promiscuous or... Um, once I again... Rather, I would rather swim in the ocean with the dolphins. That's a New York Times piece. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, man. that's why. New York Times piece. It's pretty interesting. This young lady, uh, there's a there's a whole expose either in the New York Times or Washington oh, Post. I think I know where you're talking going with about this. how she was pregnant with twins with her teenage skater boy boyfriend, and because they because of Texas's law, she had to carry the ba she had to carry the babies to term. Now she has two beautiful baby girls, a husband who is joining the Air Force. <laughs> It was the perfect pro-life piece. Yeah. They tried to make it pro-abortion, yeah. but it was the perfect pro-life piece. And, there, and adoption, the loving option, it's still available. So, sure. you know, forced pregnancy, I, no one forced you to get pregnant. Sure. Now, the, vi uh, sorry, the candidate 
for governor from the Democratic Party. Also known as the vice governor because he is the governor of nearly every vice that could possibly can be conceived here in the state of South Carolina. Including children. The, here you go. The, uh, the, we're nonpartisan, I promise. Uh, no, we just call a spade a spade. I call a spade a spade. Uh, if he were a decent, you know, if he had decent conservative values, I would be okay we with point it. those out and say, point those out. I mean, he's conservative. Job, man. I, I, I'm waiting to find the time when I say Joe He is a snazzy dresser. I'll give him that. I will say that. I, he, he was at a meeting snappy. of Wren. He was at Women's Rights Empowerment Network yeah. meeting. And first of all, that room, Wolf. But uh, he was there. Very, very snazzy dresser. I apologize. I just wouldn't. No, I, I say that because I just, I, looking at the pictures of, he seems to fit in there. I would not fit in there. I would be I would be the oddball out in that room, okay? Um, not because I'm a male either. There were men in the room. Joe Cunningham tweets on August 17th. The decision, oh, sorry, uh, little uh, alerty thing. Oh, yeah, siren. The South Carolina Supreme Court's unanimous decision to block the six-week abortion ban is great news for the people of South Carolina. This blatant government invasion of privacy should have never become law, and I am relieved to see the court put it on hold. But wait, there's more. He had to give two. This draconian law is not based in science and strips women of their fundamental freedoms because when the framers wrote the Constitution, they gave the and when right the framers to- of the South Carolina Constitution came together, everyone, everyone knew in the 1700s that it was a woman's right to kill their own child. This law is bad, he continues, for South Carolina families. How does that work? Doctors and businesses. Yeah. Our fight is far from over. But today's ruling, ready for this? Today's ruling is another sign that the people of South Carolina want more freedom, not less. Just just sit there for a second. He's going to get like 37% of the vote. That my point is these are this draconian law. Yeah, I'm going to tackle that one in just a second. This draconian named law. after a guy named Draco in Greece. Let me, you know who the draconian? I, I just looked it up real fast, just so you know. Uh, everyone has a basic. No, I don't think everyone has a basic understanding. Harsh or severe? Harsh or severe? Draconian is, it refers back to Draco in Greece. Harsh or severe? Let me tell you who is suffering at the hands of harsh and severe laws for nearly. 50 years since 1970, 1973, 64 million here in America suffered at the hands of Roe v. Wade in some sort of draconian bill, which a law, harsh and severe, and was never law. It was the ruling of the Supreme Court and right. a lawsuit. Listen, for this is doublespeak. This is Orwellian. This is trying to, you know, this is, this is the Inflation Reduction Act will reduce inflation. While it, we obviously know it will not. Right. That's what they do. Right. They they twist words and things I say that are wrong. I didn't exactly say them. What are you talking about? What? Repeat the line. Uh, the, the state Supreme Court, of course, did release their ruling on this in terms of granting a block of the heartbeat law. You can read that by going to sccourts.org. We'll have that link available for you. I'm just scrolling in here. I understand. I think I kind of understand why they issued a stay, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Um, because They're reviewing the law. The only problem I have is that they said we have to return 
let me status let me see if I'm quo return to status quo or um, it, it was something to that effect. Uh, we it, knew this. We yeah. knew there was going to be. We Preserve knew it was going to be stayed. Pending resolution. Pending resolution. We knew this was going to be stayed based on the suit. The concern, I think, from a lot of conservatives who knew this was going to happen is the ruling was five to nothing. Well, um, I think the bigger thing is, I think this, if anything, again, uh, there was good that came out of COVID. Right. There's good that's going to come out of this. And the good that's come, going to come out of this is we need to pay more attention to our state Supreme Court. Yeah. We can worry all we want about the federal Supreme Court, and we did that, and look what happened. You take care of business. You need to pray but for them, need, but you, you need to pay attention to what need, they're doing You need to pray for well. them, and we probably need to work on the process of selecting these uh, state Supreme Court justices. Now, all five signed on to this. Justice George C. James Jr., Justice John Cannon Few, Justice Kay Hearn, Justice John Kittredge, and Chief Justice Don Bailey. All of Beatty. Beatty, sorry. All of them, all of them signed on to this. Now, the question becomes, how does it fall whenever it comes to the actual case? Well, they still have to hear the oral arguments. Still they have to hear the oral arguments. They still it's going to take a while. It's going to take but a understand, while. But understand what this means. This has real-life implications, folks, as we wrap this Absolutely. episode up. The real-life implications, abortions are now legal again up to like 20 weeks. Yes, it's legal now. Again, the flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop of this is not good. Because I will make the argument that was made yesterday in the Senate Medical Affairs Committee. Lawyers and doctors aren't going to be able to keep up with the changes. <laughs> well. It's, it's going to be hard to keep up with the changes right now. So understand what this does. This opens up the avenue for, for abortion to continue in South Carolina at a more rapid pace. It appears, by all intents and purposes, just from folks who are around the area, that the number of people going into Planned Parenthood was steadily declining. Mm -hmm. That will increase now because now, according to Jenny well, Black, they don't have to go to other states and they don't have to have forced pregnancy. Listen, Justin, abortion is only 3% of Planned That's Parenthood. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, they are awfully vociferous. That's my word of the day. Nice job. In in standing for only three percent of the it's revenue generated, isn't it? Uh, so much so, Justin. I, I know you saw this, and you probably already referenced this. Um, that they're driving around the state house, and yes, by our office uh, here in downtown Columbia. I will um, not give you the address. Not exactly. We're in downtown Columbia, just just a stone's throw from the state capitol, which we, we have a great great office. Stone. Don't do that. Um, they, they employed, whether they purchased the vehicle or rented the vehicle, I do not know, but a message board vehicle. Now, in the past, they've driven, driven, they've driven, see, words are hard. They've driven around the state capitol, honking horns, waving signs. They employed an 8 to 10 foot box truck with digital LED light boards on three sides. Hey, the the left, the right, and the rear, on the left and the right, the two sides where you would be driving by, it was a doctor loudly. Have you ever watched like post-apocalyptic movies and the government is now like cracking down under martial law? That's pretty much what this was. Or if you've ever seen the Blues Brothers and they're going through telling you when the show's going to be. Like that that too. I mean, one or the other. One Who or knows? The other. It's either it's the either Blues either. Brothers or post-the apocalypse. Post I don't know. Uh, so they're spending a lot of money. They're spending a ton of money. I, to, to save 3% of their... Um, to save 3% of their... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they must, they must be... That's, and, and again, be careful here. I'm just trying to draw the comparison. That is like... 
the state legislature says we are going to end all track and field sports at Clemson and South Carolina. Now, what's the big moneymaker at Carolina and Clemson? We all know what it is. It's Ice hockey. Yeah. Well, South Carolina and Clemson both are actually really good at hockey. Um, okay. Perfect example. Let's. Let, I don't want to track and field. South Carolina's got national championships. Ice hockey. We're going to it's a end. Club sport. We're going to enter. We're going to end club hockey, hockey at Clemson and South Carolina. And then Clemson and South Carolina both adamantly say, "Well, that's only three percent of our revenue." But over our dead bodies, are you going to get rid of this? Do you see? Do you see? It's 3%. The problem is that 3% is going to grow here in South Carolina over the next several weeks, sadly, because of this stay within the state court. Attorney General Alan Wilson, Governor Henry McMaster, Speaker Merle Smith will all be fighting this and presenting arguments in the, in the state Supreme Court, which is right over there, uh, over the next couple of weeks. All while House Bill 5399, which is a near total ban on abortion, continues to move itself through the process and gets to the floor of the House on Tuesday, August the 30th. Now, Sanity of Human Life took center stage. Yeah, this week. This week. This in week. all three branches of government. In all three branches of government. However, October 15th, here in Columbia, Ali Stucky will be taking center stage. That's a stage, big deal. And conservative pundits, pundits, huh? Major conservative um, figures in influencers. South Carolina, influencers, will be taking center stage in Columbia as well. As we welcome Ali Stucky to Columbia on October the fifteenth, tickets go on sale for that event on September the first. You're going to want to make sure you be a part of that. You've we got to get your tickets. We They're talked about Carolina fast. and Clemson before. Here's why that's important. Saturday, October 15th, you're saying you're crazy. Why would you schedule something on a Saturday in the fall? We I'm with you. It. We thought about it, and we understand that South Carolina, on a bye week that week, they host Texas A&M the next and week. And the Clemson, Clemson Tigers. Clemson is heading down to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. To beat Florida State. Free shoes you. So... There's a free weekend here in the state of South Carolina, but not free for very much longer. September 1st, Allie Beth Stuckey tickets go on sale for that event. Get them fast. On October 15th, get them fast. They're going to go fast. Limited seating will be available for that. Also want to make sure you know that tomorrow, Saturday, we will be having a special sit-down conversation with Leah Savas of World News talking about the different issues in pro-life states from around the country, including the Justice Department's overreach as well as the constitutional amendment vote in Kansas, what it means for South Carolina, and what it means for the pro-life fight moving forward. You're going to want to make sure you tune into that Saturday special, our second edition of the Saturday special. The first one had Josh Kimbrell, Senator Josh Kimbrell, last week week. And finally, if you want to be involved with Palmetto Family, we urge you to do so. You can go to our website, palmettofamily.org. Scroll down to the very bottom of the page. You will find our mailing list. You can also find it up at the top with Get Involved. Make sure you're a part of our mailing list. Download the Palmetto Family Council app. It is the fastest growing conservative app in the state of South Carolina. (laughs) I'm giving it that name. Uh, Make sure you download the app. That way you can get a push notification alert whenever breaking news occurs as it has all week this week. And if you're a part of our audience, You've been aware of what's going on because you were one of the first to know in the Palmetto State. And, of course, if you want to invest in the work we're doing at Palmetto Family, if you want to invest in the fight against abortion, the push for it, or if you want to invest in us because of the work we're doing in the fight against the indoctrination and the hypersexualization of children in South Carolina, you can do that as well. Go to palmettofamily.org slash donate and invest with us. I promise you 
you will get a return on your That's investment. Right. You will get a kingdom return on your investment. And you will get right. the same quality for the same cost. We aren't really affected by inflation because our work never stops. So for <laughs> Kevin Caiello, for Dave Wilson, who is again gallivanting somewhere uh, in the uh, in, in, in the DM. DMV. Uh, the DMV? <laughs> I always said the DMZ. That would have been wrong. He is not in Korea. Uh, so for Kevin Caiello, for Dave Wilson, for Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. I hope we had a great time of elucidation today on the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.